Welcome to the Culture of Safety Podcast. How's it going on, man? What? How's it going on? How's it going on? How's it going on? What going it, on? Would it be? It's going on pretty good. I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, it's another wonderful day here in the studio. Uh, we're having some issues with the whole COVID, so you know we're kind of, you know, we have to be a little farther than six feet now. But it's all right. We're not too bad. No, nah, we're good. So I want to start this episode off a little bit different because usually we have our mailbag at the end. But uh, one of our listeners actually reached out and he wanted us to talk a little bit about something called SWA or SWAT. Uh, and if you've never heard of SWA or SWAT, it stands for Stop Work Authority or Stop Work Authority Taken. And the idea behind Stop Work Authority is that when we're when we have employees out in the field, obviously, you know, we don't have a thousand safety guys. The employees are going to be out in the field and they're going to see unsafe acts. We expect and we give them the authority to stop work. Hey, you know, it doesn't have to be a big old abrupt stop. It could just be a reminder like, hey, protect yourself or or whatever. So the example I was given by this person was that he is on a job site and most of the employees that he has are kind of scared to use top stop work so he wants to try to encourage them to be to have that kind of camaraderie and have that you know brother's keeper mentality that if they see somebody else you know working unsafely that they'll they'll call each other on it and then um, something that we kind of talked about you know several weeks ago was that they had a supervisor specifically on this job site i guess they're supposed to wear gloves at all times and a supervisor is one of the people that, you know, doesn't wear it all the time. And then obviously, whenever the employees are not wearing them, they get in trouble. But then the supervisor comes on the jo same job site not wearing them. So I think it's really important that we kind of like inform everybody what stop work authority is, because I know a lot of people haven't heard of it, how to use it and then how to encourage people to make them feel comfortable in using it. Because, I mean, especially if you've never used it before, it can be very, you know, um, nerve-wracking to go up to somebody and tell them that they're doing something wrong right especially if you're not used to the culture or even worse you have a bad culture and you know there there can be you know a lot of um repercussions for doing that negative repercussions um so i mean i'll, I'll start off with one of my favorite stories that i tell people about stop work authority is i was on this job it was at a, a industrial or no it was a, a was it a gas power plant i want to say it was a gas power plant and they use sulfuric acid and they put it into their water system. So it kills all the bacteria and it eliminates a bunch of like problems that they have with their with their cooling system. Right. So if you guys know about cooling towers, you know, you have, you know, Legionnaires disease and all that kind of stuff. So what they do is they they intentionally add sulfuric acid to it to make it so that bacteria and, and microbes don't don't, you know, can't thrive in it. And then they use that system to cool down all their all their electrical components. So we went. They were getting rid of it, but they can't ship the, they can't obviously ship a container full of sulfuric acid out. They have to empty it. They've tried a couple of different suck trucks. They tried a lot of things and it just didn't work. So we had to go in by hand, right? And, and pull these things out. Well, unfortunately for me, it was in like the middle of the summer. So it was like 110 degrees and we're dealing with sulfuric acid. So everything is, you know, acid suits. And we're doing in the middle of the day. So we never really kind of had the idea. I mean, we did. We kind of went to work early, but the length of work was so long. We went into the hot part of the day. 
but we had to tape literally tape every single joint so your pants were taped to your boots and your your wrists were taped to your inside your gloves and you had to wear a mask your mask you had a hoodie and your your hood was literally masked up so it literally became a a mock class a suit essentially i wish i had a class a suit that would have been nicer but it was like a it was a um a class b but we taped every single joint just to make sure the acid didn't get on us because you know sulfuric acid is very hard so we did the whole you know we're going in did the stop work hey man i don't know if this is going to work and i, I kind of pushed i mean hey you know what happens if the tape doesn't work? I mean, we're it's a hundred like five degrees right now, like at like ten o'clock in the morning. We're gonna be sweating. The sweat's gonna get on the tape. The tape's gonna loosen up, and I'm I'm telling, look, I bet you somebody's gonna get you know hit by the acid. Oh, Joe, we don't care. Just shut up and let's get the job done. And lo and behold, maybe the second day or third day, that's exactly what happens. Is you know there's enough sweat. The sweat goes and you know eliminates all the the uh, glue. Yep, and the suit just that didn't burst open, but it it as soon as he looked in a certain direction, it opened up, and he got a little probably like a, maybe a quarter size of, of acid on his neck, and you have never seen anybody freak out that quick. It, I mean, I I don't know what it's like, but I'm sure it hurts, and you know you're you're completely suited up, and you have a sharp pain in your neck. You know, it's not good. So obviously we had to go and decon him. So he's screaming, we're deconning him. We finally got him open and we were able to like, you know, wash the wash the ass away. But he had maybe like 35 seconds, maybe at the max. He already had like you could see where it ate away his skin. And I remember they were trying to kick me off the job because I had did that stop work. And they're like, no, 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 you can't be doing this. We need to get work done. Like, yes. But the problem is, is you told us specifically when we go out two jobs to use stop work authority they even covered it in the organ in the orientation and so i know i remember like that first it wasn't the first day but it was like the second or third day that i had did that stop work that's when they were like no joe i don't know if we're cut out to be here and all this other stuff I'm like look man i'm just looking out for this guy so you know stop works unfortunately they they're very beneficial but if you don't it's like every other system if you don't use it right it's going to be a detriment to your safety management system no, I completely agree. I don't really have a cool story where somebody got acid on their neck, but uh, definitely it's a really good tool if used correctly. And unfortunately, it's it's kind of difficult. You have to have a really strong culture yes. in order to have uh, like the the trust to have a good stop work authority program. And I think that's probably why this guy reached out because it's it's really difficult to get to that level to where people feel comfortable that that's not going to happen to them. Because I've been at companies where not only uh, when you go to stop that employee, is he going to like blow you off or be be mad that you tried to stop him? Right. But then that gets elevated to higher levels. And even they're going to have negative Yeah, your manager's going to be like, why did you do what stop work? Yeah, like, what, what the are you heck? Doing? What, you don't even know what you're doing. Like, just do what you're told yep. and keep working. Like, yep. that's, I think, especially uh, when I, I mean, it's not even that long ago. I've only been in the oil fields like 13 years. But when I first started, that was way more prominent, especially if you were a newer person. You were there to do what you were told, yep. and that's it. You were the, the You're grease monkey. You're not there to try and figure out what's going to happen or what's going to go wrong or nope. how to uh, say, stop people from getting hurt. Um, so it's definitely something that's hard to uh, control, and um, it's 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 a tough problem to to get through. Yeah, especially for this for this specific example, what I what I would suggest is you know it's a management problem. You know we we talked about before is managers drive culture, right? And so. 
once again, we have to remember who are we speaking to? We're probably speaking to, you know, the project manager slash, you know, whatever manager we have to speak money, you know, Hey, we need to have a better stop work authority program. Da, 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 da. You know, eventually if you speak money, Hey, if we have an accident, not only do we have to go stop and get this guy treated, all this other stuff, all the money that's going to go out the door, but you're going to lose productivity because now you're down one, two, three guys, or even worse, you're going to have to go and deal with the customer in like a meeting and that could take two or three hours. Yep. Right. So or you lose contracts or you or lose you, work. Or, or yeah. Lose, yeah. I mean, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. You, you can easily get kicked off a job site, you know, for, for not doing that. And so obviously for the people that are having trouble, that's good. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear that you guys are having trouble because that means that you're, you're paying attention and that you understand what's going on. Cause some people, they won't even, I've, I've been in places where they didn't even know they had a problem. Right. So oh, that's the first step is understanding you have a problem. Hey, my guys are afraid to do stop work and always encourage them as a safety advisor, safety manager, always go out there and like, Hey man, make sure you guys use your, your, um, stop work authority. And it, once again, building culture, one of the things that I've, I've learned is there's two way of look, two ways of looking at safety. And this is the kind of the, the foundation that I, I try to establish in, in companies is there's two ways of looking at safety. We have compliance and then we have adherence, right? And compliance is following the rules because, you know, there's there's repercussions, right? Kind of think of, you know, why you pull over when a cop pulls you over, right? There's two decisions you can make there. The cop lights you up, you either pull over or you run. Most people, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just how it is. Or you can start shooting at them. I don't know. Um, so the reason why most people pull over is they're afraid, right? Because if you run from the cops, you're probably you're most likely going to get shot. That's just... That's just how it is. You know, you make a cop run, they chase you. They're just not going to be very happy if they catch up to you. you or know, you get arrested. Or something right. Like you're going to get arrested. Or, you know, if you ever watch, just watch an episode of Cops. You know, that's just how it is. They're going to chase you. They're going to get mad. Or you get on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look at me, mom. I remember that was like something in LA. They have like when people run from the cops, that, that's that's a thing. Like I remember when I came, first came to Vegas, you guys don't have police chases? No. What's that? Like, oh, yeah, the little helicopter chases, follows, and they have, like, a camera, and we all, and they interrupt every show that you've always wanted to watch so we can watch some stupid guy run through, you know, Simi Valley. Um, but compliance is not a great way to run your safety program, right? Compliance is if you don't follow the rules, you're going to get written up, yelled at, talked to, or suspended or fired, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's punitive in nature rather than adherence is you follow the rules because you understand that they're good for you, that they're there, you know, like, like we know is they're established there to protect you, right? I follow the rules because I want to go home at the end of the day rather than I want to go home. I want to follow the rules because Matt's going to write me up if I don't. Yep. Right. And so having that adherence mindset allows employees to use stop work authority more because they're not seeing the stop work as a punitive action. They're seeing it as an adherence. So adherence is I like to explain it like going to church. Right. We go we go to church not because I'm afraid to go to hell. Right. That's that's compliance. I go to church because I understand the value that it brings to me makes me a better person adherence versus compliance when people have that mindset right we change them from that compliance mindset to the adherence they're like hey i'm gonna come to you and say hey matt you're not doing this i'm not gonna come at you like because you're doing something wrong i'm doing it because i have a concern for you and that's why i encourage my employees don't make it about the the, the rule well you're not wearing your glasses yep. it doesn't matter you're not a safety person you don't know if they need it or not most of the time you just know why i'm supposed to wear it Right. Or in, in the in the listener's case, you have to wear gloves. Right. 
it's not about wearing the gloves. It's about making sure that we wear the gloves because we know it's there to protect us. Say, hey, Matt, make sure you wear your gloves. Make sure you protect your hands. That's always tell people protect whatever, whatever they're not wearing. Hard hat, glasses, steel toe boots. Hey, protect your hands. Oh, yeah, I forgot because we all forget. I know. I've jumped on the job sites wearing a, a regular hat because I don't wear hats that often. And I'll put a, I think it's a hard hat. Oh, oh, dang, my bad. And like, oh, hey, yeah, Joe, I've done that. You know, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm not used to it. But my my guys know that I'm not there to harass them. I'm there to make sure I'm there to look out for them. And so they look out for me. And that's why I tell people the mentality is, is when we're using stop work authority, have that mindset that it's more about adherence to the rules. Why are we following it? Because I know that if they don't wear it, that they could get hurt. And then I kind of switch around a little bit and tell them, like, imagine if I see you get if, if I see you not wearing your PPE and you get hurt and you don't see me wearing my PPE. Are you going to tell me the same thing? Probably not. Right. And that's the culture we want to build is that, you know, we're I, like the user says a brother's keeper, but we're looking out for each other. Right. And I think it's up to management. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's up to management to kind of drive that culture that we have to get people. But. Most of them, right, like we talked about before, most of these managers aren't safety people. So we have to give them, we have to educate the the managers so that they understand, hey, this is beneficial to me because I can get my projects done quicker, cheaper, and I look better, right? Because I, I some companies, I'll be honest, some companies do give like a safety bonus. Sometimes it's, it's superfluous and there's no point to it, but mm-hmm. I've seen them. And there's some companies that be like, eh, I don't care about your safety record. I, it doesn't matter to me. But it's not about the safety record at that point. It's about money, right? If we have employees that are preventing injuries out there, right? Now we have 30 sets of eyes rather than just two. Your company's going to be safer, more productive. And you know, the morale is going to, it's just, it's so many benefits to having a, like you, like you said before, a good quality stop work authority backed by a good safety culture. Yeah. I think pretty much everything you explained moving. I like your, your, way of explaining it from compliance to adherence i haven't i've heard like a similar like the similar theory but never with the word adherence there yeah i made that up right now oh, okay that's so just uh just so everybody knows that is my copyrighted <laughs> my copyright i really did copyright that it's it's my adherence versus compliance I, it's two the two schools of safety oh my gosh yeah i'm writing a book so anyways <laughs> um what was i saying so i was just gonna say that Really what you're saying right there, that whole thing, like you're bundling it up into two words, but really what you're saying is just going from having a, a adherence. If you have adherence, like you're explaining it, that is like the ultimate goal for That's a good safety culture. That is that happening is a good safety culture. That's like, that's almost like the definition people doing that caring about each other and it coming from the, from the bottom to the top or the top to the bottom. That is a good safety culture. Yeah. And that is the ultimate goal. And that is why it's really hard to have a good stop work program because it's based off of your culture and having a good safety culture is not an easy thing it's, to accomplish. It's not easy. And especially because let's be honest, I, I know this guy, he's a, he's a very smart, intelligent guy, but he has very, I wouldn't say minimal safety experience, but he hasn't had the, he hasn't had the wider range that a lot of us have had. And so I think that's, that's why it's important for us to give these people kind of like a little back background on helping them out because mm-hmm. yeah it, it safety is like a giant ocean and you can sail literally anywhere but having having these types of things sounds like a song or something yeah you can go what's that what's that uh aladdin i can show you the world no 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 okay <laughs> anyway having a good safety culture we've already talked about is very very important but making sure that you have a good stop work authority program i would say is probably even better just because 
like I said before, you have 30 eyes or whatever, whatever size crews you have, yeah. you have everybody looking out for each other. Right. And that's important. I mean, yeah, we may get into our tips, but at the end of the day, it's especially for people like you and I, we have customers. Right. And that's something I've always I've always showed to the, the managers, too, as well. Look, use use whatever tools that you have. Recognize the type of people that you're talking to. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're talking to employees, they're more likely to be, you know, hey, I'm more concerned about you. Supervisors, managers, they're like, I don't you don't care about me, Joe. What isn't your, your words mean nothing. I'm like, cool. So let's talk about money. Let's talk about the customer. Right. The image of having, you know, a supervisor staying on the top rung of a ladder, right? If a customer comes by and sees that, how, how are you as a manager going to answer to that, right? And we had talked about this before, back in our first leadership, I believe, was we had an incident where, you know, the project manager got called into the office or into a, a meeting. All of us were there. And rather than me presenting, it was just literally an hour of, an, of, of a butt chewing for the, the project manager, because he didn't he didn't oppose that that safety culture on his crew, and truthfully, yeah, it cost it probably cost him a lot a lot of money because we had to go through a bunch of accident investigations and we had to go. I know the crew got sent home for a whole week, and it was it's just nuts. You know, you're losing you're going to lose production if you have a decent quality safety program at your your client your host client. Most of them are going to have some type of really good quality safety program because they realize that your accidents count on their on count on their you know um, OSHA recordables and insurance mm -hmm. and all that stuff. They don't want to pay more money because you you hired crappy contractors. That's just that's just it. I I wouldn't want to pay pay more money because I have you as a contractor and then you're having all these accidents. Yeah, they're not mine, but they're happening on my property and therefore I have you know a certain amount of liability. Yeah. Right now I'm paying more because. I didn't do a good job hiring, you know, contractors or whatever, safety wise. So sit down. It doesn't have to be constant, you know, um, lectures, but just try to, you know, try to do leadership. One of the things that I told this uh, individual specifically was I, I honestly, I started taking pictures of all my books that I have at home, but I sat there and I told him, look, it sounds like you have a, well, two things. You have a culture problem and a leadership problem. Safety is all about leadership, you know? And I think, Personally, it's it's something that everybody has to have. If you don't have any leadership and safety, you have nothing, right? Because you're asking somebody else to do something that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Hey, Matt, I want you to do this job. Okay, cool. I know that as an employee, I have work to do. Cool, but I'm going to make it harder for you. I'm going to put a hard hat, safety glasses, gloves, steel toe boots, <laughs> FR, right? You can see how much, like, man, can, can I just do the job? No, you have to wear these things. Right. I mean, obviously, on my side, we know because to protect you and, and the insurance, we've talked about that before. But mm -hmm. for you, you're like, man, you have to put all these barriers. In yeah. You also have to read this book of SOPs. And oh, you have to fill out all this paperwork. I was going to say, and you have to do a JSA <laughs> before that. And you have to have, you know, a supervisor come by and sign off before you get to work. Right. It's it's a lot of processes just before, before you can actually get the work done. Right. And so if I'm not leading you, you're going to start cutting corners. You're going to start not wearing these things. You're not going to do your JSA or you're going to, you're going to just kind of do whatever. And so I'll, I'll read some of the, some of the books that I've been, I've read over the years. Uh, anything by John C. Maxwell is really good. I have probably like six or seven, of his books. Um, I actually had a coworker. His name was um, Mr. Wright. And I hope if, hopefully he's listening, but he was the original guy that when I first started going to safety, I had these types of questions too. Hey man, how do I be more effective? And he goes, Hey, knowing the regulations is important. It is. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, 
leadership is way more important because if you can't lead these people, they're not going to follow you. Mm, right? It almost sounds like you just said experience was a little better than education. Nah, maybe not quite, but close. I mean, it, I would say once again, it goes back to both because I, I could be experienced, but if I don't know how to lead, right, that's why I got the books. Yeah, that's why I said education. But it's both, right? Because I, even though I had the book knowledge, it's learning how it's the other traits that are, are yeah. It's learning how to take that book knowledge and apply it to real life. And in leadership, it's even worse because it's not like you know a lot of these safety regulations where it's okay. How do I apply it to my job? This is by person by person because I may be you know they have five different levels. I may be a level three with you, but for the you know these other two individuals, I could be a level one. Just depends on you know my interactions with them. But John C. Maxwell, you know, leadership one hundred and one, failing forward, ethics. That's that's always good. Um, as a manager, I have my one of my favorites is Love Them or Lose Them. That's another really good book. Um, Persuasion and Influence for Dummies. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, man, I have probably like fifteen dummies books. I got a lot of dummies books. They're great. They're super easy. They they're super digestible. They're not dry. They make it interesting. I've there's a lot of like industrial hygiene books. You it's great sleep. It's great sleep material. Just sit there and learn about you know hydrostatics for twenty minutes and you're you're in bed. And then I would honestly say probably one of the most influential books that uh, unfortunately I didn't get until like pretty recently, but obviously later in my career is the um, influence, the, I'm sorry, let me read this properly. The participation factor, how to increase involvement in occupational safety by Dr. Scott Geller. One of the best books. He breaks it down just so easy and how to get people because that's what you want, right? You want participation. Mm -hmm. That's what Stop Work, Stop Work Authority is a participation yep. program. Nobody's participating in it. You have no program, right? It's kind of like the, like we talked about before, you know, it's one of those little programs. If you don't have the right person, you know, conducting it, then it's not going to, it's not going to work out. Yeah. I was going to go back to some of the points you made earlier because I've been at companies where I've seen the very, very top is like that. That's their message. Like they're saying, we believe in stop work. Mm -hmm. We enforce stop work. There's no repercussions for stop work. Like they're trying to push it down. But also I've seen in that company where the, there is a lot of influence in that middle management role. Yes. So not always at the Huge top. Huge amounts. But those guys that have that day to day or that direct contact with the employees those are extremely important. Even if the upper management is saying stop work, stop work, stop work. Yeah. Safety saying stop work, stop work, stop work. If you don't have these dudes in the middle that are having direct contact or that are providing the work to the employees, those are like whoever it is that's directing their work on a day-to-day -day basis. That I think is one of the key elements. You need to focus on those people because well, hopefully your management is, is somewhat bought in already, but you need to make sure that those people are doing what's right because if they're not doing what's right, you will never have an effective stop work program. You, you will never have a good culture. No, you really won't. It's like BBSM, you mm -hmm. know, the same thing. If you, if your supervisors or managers aren't pushing it and they don't see the value, they're not going to buy in. Neither yep. will your employees. They're like, oh. once again, I have to do more paperwork. And that's something that I've had when I was out in the field. They're like, oh yeah, we have more paperwork now. So I'm going to get paid the same, but I got to do two, three times more paperwork. That, that sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. Right. One of the things that's really important, I think we should talk about too, is, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about middle management. Obviously, that's that's super important. We talk about the upper management. But one of the things that I know we can say success and fail is I have this really, really good incidence 
that we had. So in one of the fields that we worked in, it's 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 dry. Bakersfield uh, is very dry. But during the winter time, when it rains, some of these fields there, it, it's a death trap. You're driving these this equipment and it gets super muddy and you can't drive equipment on it. So specifically this one, this one time I got a phone call and it was a vac truck was stuck in the mud and we had front loaders and a bunch of heavy equipment that could pull, you know, these pieces of equipment out into the dry, drier sections of the road. And then they could, you know, they could drive off. I got a phone call and said, Hey Joe, we have a guy that's stuck. Um, he's got this, you know, tow rope. Um, I don't know though. I don't, I don't feel like it's good. Uh, I did a stop work, but Hey, can you come out to this job site? Perfect. Cool. Drove up, went to the location. Sure enough, it w- it looked like it was a substantial, um, you know, size, but the one thing it didn't have was a load rating on it. And you know, as well as I do, okay, well, if it doesn't have a load rating, how do we know it's, you know, mm-hmm. going to work for this, right? Back trucks aren't light. <laughs> yeah. They, they, this one, unfortunately, it was actually up on a berm over, over pipe. And so what ended up happening was it was, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the, what a banker tank is, it's, that was hauling a baker tank. The actual floor, the bottom of the Baker tank actually collided with the ground. Mm-hmm. So now we're literally dragging it across the ground rather than using, you know, the, the wheels. So great stop work. I, I you know, gave him uh, props, verbal coach, uh, not verbal coaching, but verbal praise. And we actually had a program there where we would, you know, celebrate really good stop works. And he got a prize and a gift card. I don't, I don't remember what he gets. We get, he got a good package yeah. recognition in front of everybody. It was, it was good. It was positive. Hey man, that was a great catch. If you had used the wrong one and it snapped, now we're in trouble because now the customer is going to ask why you didn't have a load on it, blah, blah, blah. All these questions that, you know, were stopped because of a stop work. No joke. A month later, he had an incident with that. The exact same thing. He was asked to co-pull out another piece of equipment. He didn't look at the load rating. He used something that was smaller than what he should have used. And then snapped. And it was it was like probably my, the first time I've ever had that problem. It was mind-boggling to me or mind-boggling for me um, that everything went right the first time. The employee came up and said, hey, this is what I got. The employee recognized that it didn't have a load on it. He made sure, said, hey, I don't think it's good. But he didn't make a phone call, nothing. You guys recognized and praised him so much. He became overconfident. He became he <laughs> he became into one of those uh, human error traps. And yeah, it, that's exactly kind of what happened is he's like, he he got his his stop work. So he, in his mind, I think he realized that he wouldn't get, he wouldn't get anything for the stop work, right? So we had built a culture around stop works was was you know like a prize to get like oh man if i get a good stop work yeah. then i get that the t-shirt and the hat and the whatever and i get the recognition but what was the incentive for that employee after there was none mm-hmm. so in in my mind i kind of realized and i told my bosses after the incident he goes well what happened joe and i sat there and i did the whole thing and i kind of like man just for i had to think about it for some time and i, I hadn't realized i was like we had inadvertently tried to increase participation by rewarding rewarding safety in reality as soon as we gave him that award his mind's like boop i don't need to worry about stop works anymore because i'm there's nothing in it for me right where the other employees are like yeah i have i have an invested interest because there's a possibility i could get recognition or prizes or even that what happens if you don't want that? What if, I don't want a stupid hat. Yeah. I don't want to be recognized in front of everybody. That's embarrassing. Yep. I'm not going to turn in stop works. 
And it's crazy how, and this is once again, what, how I realized that we do have such a huge impact in the field is we could have prevented an accident by not having this program or administrating it maybe a little bit better. And so I think that's a great, uh, you know, example of how we got what we wanted. We, had, we prevented the accident. We prevented having to go and talk with the, the client about all this stuff. But as soon as we gave that award, it was, I would say it was maybe like five weeks after. Yeah. That literally the same, the same, ex like I could not paint a different picture. It was like literally near the same area with the same type of equipment but he didn't exercise his stop work because he knew in his mind, well, if I do stop work, then, you know, I'm not really going to get anything for it. So why stop work? No. And I think if I, if I was going to give like one of the uh, tip on how to like the question asked, how to increase your stop work uh, in your workforce, I think really um, you need to have safety embedded in all the systems of your company. And it's really hard sometimes depending on your company, like you need to make sure that, uh, if you want to have that, that strong culture, it's not just an incentive program where you give somebody a shirt one time. Like one thing we, we've been looking at recently at my company over the last couple of years is how do we integrate safety into everybody's job? So it's forever. Mm -hmm. So we used to, I think before I was there, there used to be a thing where when we were going to promote somebody, what did we look at? We looked at production efficiency, how well they work. And a lot of times we, they, they're not supposed to have incidents, right? We All would right. look at lagging indicators and that would be how we, uh, gave somebody a promotion or a raise, but now we're we're turning that focus into how active is this employee in, in the safety in, in the in the safety world? Is he turning in stop works? Are they quality? Is he doing behavior based observations? Is he a leader in the field and mentoring people? Like we're looking now, we're trying to say like See, you will not move up in this company yeah. if you are not doing these things. That way, that motivation doesn't go away after a one time thing. Yep, it's built into, into the your system. system, and that is a excellent way to ensure that mm -hmm. you have because that That's employee only, is going to be a supervisor now yep. and hopefully in in time he'll become a manager yep. right and that's how you guys build that culture over time is hey well how did how did you and i know because i've had that question asked to me i'm sure you have too well how do you become a supervisor how do you become a manager well this is the steps yep. you know now they'll add that too well yeah knowing the job is important and yeah but making sure that you do stop works and make sure you turn in the paperwork that they want you to and make sure that they're quality. They're not just pencil, pencil whipping, whip. yep. you know, because it's, it shows that you are part of the team that you are there for the success. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that's, uh, that's a mentality that I had back in the day and, and mentality I still see in a lot of employees is, well, what's in it for me? What am I going to get? Cool. Hey, if you, if you are a good individual and you know your job left and right, up and down, and there's a couple of pieces missing, we should have that conversation. Hey, this is what we need. But at the end of the day, companies want, want to know that you are invested in them, right? Yep. Because I always tell people. It's a two-way street. It is a two-way street. Companies don't aren't here to have people get injured, you know? It's oh. just it's just not profitable. There's no profit. Uh, there's no business model where it's like, oh yeah, what do you do? Oh, we did construction, but like the other business we have is getting people hurt. Yeah, we're trying to give all our money to the to the doc the local doctors here. <laughs> right? It's just not it's not a good business model, right? And so by you proving that you are safety minded and, and having like you said those systems in the place, mm -hmm. it furthermore, hey, why aren't you? I know that was the one thing that they they did too is they try to force what everybody needs to have. A stop work, everybody. No. But I can't stand when we have to have quotas on stuff because then yeah. all you're doing is you're getting made up. You're getting either made up, or they're pencil whipping it, or whatever. It is. You mm -hmm. might get a couple in there because those are the couple you would have got anyways, like a couple good ones. But you're 
when you force people to do anything, you're not going to get quality content. Yeah. Or true content. Yeah. And I I would say, I, I hate to say it too, is I think education. One of the things that I've definitely seen out in the field was people would tell me stuff like just, hey, Joe, hey, how's it going? You know, just, you know, BSing, you know, always tell them, you know, I'm not always a safety guy. Sometimes I'm just a friend, you know, just out there. Hey, how's the wife, kids, blah, blah. And then for some reason they have this like little tick in their brain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're a little upset. What do you mean? Why are you upset? Oh, we were at this other job and this co this contractor came out here and did this, this and this. Oh, oh, really? He goes, yeah. Write it down. He goes, what do you mean? That's a great stop work. <laughs> that happens still occasionally uh, you know it happens and they're like what do you mean that's a stop work yeah you it didn't have to be within our company it could mm -hmm. be other companies you know and i think that's you we talked about this in you know our crane episode other contractors coming on onto our job site or vice versa that's when a lot of hazards and incidents happen and so having that stop work authority not just within your company but other contractors and mm -hmm. having your host contractor demand that type of environment that's it's super great and it re reduces injuries not only with your company but my company as well yeah one thing that i've so i mean as safety professionals i think one thing we should be doing always right is looking at data and over the last few years at my company we went through a rash of incidents um a couple years ago mm -hmm. and um so we really started focusing on like what i was talking about like putting systems in place to build these into our business not just in the safety department right. but in all parts of the, the business and one thing that I've noticed over the last few years is our stop work numbers have climbed consistently. We've been getting more participation. You can see it as soon as you go to the field, you can see noticeable differences. But as you see the stop work numbers come up, you see a drop and a lot of other things coming down. Yeah. And you can clearly see a correlation, even though I can't probably prove it, but like you can clearly see like, look at, we've had two or three times more stop works this year than we did last year. And we've also had a 70% reduction in near misses mm -hmm. and we've had a 60% reduction in incidents. Yeah. And if you don't think those are related, like those are clearly related because you're stopping incidents before they happen. You're, you're preventing these incidents from happening a lot of times or near misses, whatever it might be. Right. And so whether you work for a customer or not, just for your own company, you should, if you don't have like having a solid stop work program is going to save you money. It's going to do a lot of things, not just because a lot of people don't work for customers. Like we're talking about right. a lot. So it's important to have one either way. Right. It's it's beneficial for everybody. Like you said, you could easily probably put a monetary, you know, um, de uh, denomination on on how much how much money you're saving without having all those incidents of having to send either somebody go to the doctor plus a doctor visit and workers comp, whatever, let alone the property damage, you know, especially because of the mm -hmm. work that you do. There's probably going to be a lot of property damage and it's going to be expensive because, you know, the things that you work with aren't cheap. You know, the you know, 80 ton crane, not something that you can just go to Target and buy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, not just that, but, you know, having to send an employee to, you know, or a, a safety person to go investigate and sit down and all these meetings, you're just eliminating all that waste. And that, once again, I always tell people, you know, we're, what we are is loss, loss prevention. And, and like you, I think something that you alluded to is we need to have safety in every department. Safety should be kind of like, you know, the little kid with his fingers in everybody's pies. Yep. We're not there to tell you how to do your job. You are the expert. You do this. But what I'm doing is I'm coming behind you and looking at it through different eyes and mm -hmm. saying, hey, we need to change this process. You know, hopefully not to where it's, you know, completely different, but we're trying to change the process to make it more efficient, less costly for the company. Yeah. Why? Because when the company has more money, guess who else gets more money? 
typically managers, sorry, employees, <laughs> sorry, employees don't hardly ever get the money, but this managers and supervisors will probably get more money. And I know for a fact that whenever I've worked with other companies as a safety consultant, that's, that's the, always the, the, you know, the, the bottom line. Well, how's, how's this going to affect me? Look, uh, it's a two way street. We have to remember that they have processes and they have to have efficiencies as well. Yeah. And so it's working with them, right? It's that, that leadership. Hey, I'm not here to take your job. I'm not here to do all your job for you. I'm here to make your job better. I'm here to keep away OSHA or the customer or the manager or the, the boss, because eventually you're going to have enough injuries where the boss is going to be like, why are we having so many injuries? Mm -hmm. Because this jerk doesn't want to have a good safety culture. Everybody else is fine, but this one you know business unit is not following the safety culture. And that's where all your incidents are going to be. Right. And like you said, more participation, more stop work authorities, BBSIs, more quality ones. That's what you want. You want a culture where it's driven upwards because People are going to be looking out for each other. Supervisors are going to find stuff and not make it punitive. Hey, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I did a stop work on so-and-so. Cool. What happened? Oh, this is okay. That's awesome. You know, we talk about it and we try to in, involve the employees and it's not about finger pointing. It's about educating everybody. Hey, this is why we have that discussion. Okay. If he ended a stop work, what would happen? And that's when we get the participation employees saying, Hey, this is what happened. He would have been injured. Good. That's what we want. We want you guys to see the value in the Stop Work Authority program. I think one other thing that I noticed a lot uh, is sometimes uh, supervisors, maybe I'm just trying to be nice, but sometimes I don't even think they realize some of the things that they're doing. A lot of times people don't realize the, per the perception other people have of them. Mm -hmm. So I think a good practice is for like for this guy is if you have supervisors, uh, when they're going to handle a Stop Work situation or someone's reporting, just kind of listen because a lot of times they might say things that they don't even understand or can be perceived as negative right. or can be perceived as like, why did you do that? Or they didn't give some kind of positive recognition or something like that. And a lot of times it's not even on purpose. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we had to focus on when I was talking about the, like the direct supervision to these employees. Like they weren't going saying like, Hey, don't do stop works. It wasn't, a lot of it wasn't intentional. Right. A lot of it was unintentional and they just didn't know that it was happening because they were never trained properly on how to give positive recognition verbally or how to make sure that the words that you're saying aren't being perceived as negative aren't are, are you know what i mean like what yeah. i'm talking oh, about i know exactly what you're so about. you need to make sure that 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 training occurs and that there's follow-up in the field and that follow-up really should be coming from the safety department can can kind of help but it should be coming it should from, be from the, the people supervisor. above them yeah, yeah the people above them like you said it should be all tied into your job because if you have somebody that is safety-minded they're going to they're going to take that with them no matter where they go. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we want. We want more safety minded people. And of course, the industry that I deal with, I tell people all the time, would you like to hire somebody that gets hurt all the time? Well, no. OK. You know, I mean, we all have different reasons for being safe. Right. It could be, you know, your wife, your kid, husband, grandparents, parents, you know, whatever, you know, maybe like buying Goldfish. stupid, maybe like buying stupid crap. I know a lot of guys that are young and they like buying expensive car. cars or motorcycles or, you know, they have, you know, a Lancer Evo, you know, those kind of losers. <laughs> but, you know, they, they that's what they want. Oh, why do you why do you why are you safe at work? Well, because, you know, I have I like racing on the weekends, you know, and I want to buy this, uh, you know, fancier turbo for my Honda Civic. How dare you? <laughs> With my toe hitch. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't have yeah, to be. It doesn't be. have to be. And that's why I tell people, it, it, make it make it personal to you. Why is safety important to you? Mm -hmm. 
and have that message. And then once you once you build that into your systems, like you said, hiring safety minded people. Right. And not just being like, oh, hey, you know, and that's I know that's we can talk about that in a, maybe a different episode, hiring supervisors and managers from other places, because oftentimes people are like, well, we don't have anybody who's competent in that skill. So we yeah. move them up. And that's what happens a lot with a lot of supervisors is, I mean, when I was a supervisor, I was great at my job. I Man, you 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 asked me, I could do the job six ways from Sunday. But when you asked me to be a supervisor, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know. I mean, I know how to tell people how to what to do and make sure it's good. But that's when I started getting into that whole leadership role is understanding that now rather than me doing the work, now I have to manage people doing the work and oh, I have yeah. to help them make sure that they're doing the job right. Because yep. I can't look at 12 guys, 12 different guys in 12 different locations, making sure that all their jobs are good. No, I think you made a really good point because I know a lot of companies, that's how they bring their su- supervisors come from the best people that the people that did the best work in the field. Yeah. And then what happens when they go to be a supervisor, they're focused on how to complete the best work in the field. They're not focused on all of the other things that supervisors are supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's a, a place where a lot of companies lack is training their supervisors in leadership, leadership in safety, yep. in all those things. A lot of times, like uh, companies, they send their safety guys to safety training, but they need to be they need to be mixed matching everybody. Like I want to send supervisors to safety training. Yeah. I want to send safety guys to leadership training that supervisors should be going to as well. Like yeah. it's not it's not one person does this one thing. It's we need to be versatile and be able to do multiple things yeah and once again if if you guys are a manager or even if you're you know a low-level tech you know make sure that you you have these conversations have your manager or supervisor listen to this listen to this podcast listen to this episode i mean not just this episode there's you know we talk about leadership quite a bit there's a lot of things that you can do to help save companies save people save money and if you're the guy that brings it up, they're gonna they're gonna be like, wow, okay, this guy he's not just he's not just here to to cash a check. We mm-hmm. you know we call them clock watchers, and there's a bunch of other names for them. But you know you're not just here to cash a, a, a you're not here to just cash a paycheck. You're here and you're involved, and those are the type of people that typically move up. Are the people that are involved and have a vested interest in the company doing well? Because if the company does well, typically they'll kick it down to us as well. You know, and you can see that with you know a couple of years ago when they came out with that that tax incentive for company owners they gave them a huge tax break what happened a ton of people got hired they said hey i don't have to pay as much in taxes now i can hire more people to do more work and then we can you know we can expand our business in in such and such manner unfortunately COVID's decided to change that but you know once once that all goes away we'll be right back into you know that same thing making sure that business owners are able to you know expand their business and get more people out there but with with that, we need to make sure we have those systems in place where we we kind of filter out and, and not just filter out just like, hey, tell me about safety. But, you know, consistently, hey, from day one, before you're even hired, put it into your 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 hiring um, um, uh, requirements. Hey, ask them, you know, just certain questions. Show me a time you were unsafe or safe or whatever. You know, that's a whole another conversation. But build like you said, build it into every single facet. Because reality, safety isn't just, you know, a linear, a linear subject. It it's multifaceted and it goes into everything. Hiring a safety, well, again, hiring a good safety manager will save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it, for sure. Easy. All right. So we're getting close to the end. So like let's just put so for everybody out there, we talked about a lot of we stuff. We talked about a lot. Let's throw a couple bullets of some key things. So I think we said 
for the field employees, we need to make sure that they understand what stop work is, right? How to use it, and and some things like that. Right? I think like training right. and training, stuff for the and then field once level. again, making sure that we have we try to build that adherence versus compliance. Exactly, focusing on adherence over compliance, right? Focusing that and heading in that direction, and then then trying to get some buy-in from your management, management down to your supervisors, yeah, right. And then looking at how are, how is our stop work program being um, administered from that side, from the operation side, right? right. Like how are they t- talking to the employees? What else did we talk about? And then we talked about, you know, getting some books, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I know a lot educating. of people don't like to read, but, you know, I think educating ourselves, you know, was it Michael Jackson? You know, look at the man and change the man in the mirror before you try to change the world. What is that? Oh, what is that statistic I see, keep seeing on Instagram? It's like. The top oh, yeah, 500 CEOs in the world read on average 72 books a year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, at least two books a month. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they read they read quite a bit, and it, it it's very diverse, too. Very diverse. I'll be honest. Since I, I didn't used to do a lot of reading, I, I do more audiobooks now than I actually, like, physically read. I, I physically read sometimes, but I've noticed, like, I've, been, I've gotten better as a person, as a safety guy, as a leader, just from reading books. Because even if you don't take everything from that book, you're grabbing little tidbits little of these bit, little, little things. Bits of gold. Because everybody gold. has something good usually to, to yeah. you're gonna pull out of the book, and over time, that's gonna make you such a better everything, professional, individual, all of it. That's that's one of the things that everybody asks me. You know, you not know, to you know toot my own horn, but everybody asks me like, how how have I become such a great safety guy? <laughs> or no, no, I got I got I got a new nickname. I, I just super safety no i got the popular safety guy that's my new and my new nickname now mm. i was like what he's like yeah you're the popular safety guy i'm like that's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy that you think about you know there's actually such a thing as a popular safety because that means a lot of safety are unpopular but they're like yay I've joe you're, and i've heard that i think within the last like two months three months i've gotten like 18 maybe 18 people man you're like this you're like the popular safety guy because people like know me i'm like i don't know who these people are but anyway um what were we talking about (laughs) we're just wrapping it up we're just wrapping it up um having a good library it doesn't have to be i I, i'm not one of those like harry potter guys i if you go to my library i mean literally just the books that i told you there's a lot of books like that they're all technical but they're all they all have like nuggets of, of wisdom in there and you can just glean from them and then i think one of the best things too is sometimes every once in a while just go back and read those books that's why i like hard copy books is because then i can go reference them whenever i need to what i, I like to do is when i hear something that's really good mm-hmm. like I, I usually try to take notes on stuff and so i'll write down like oh that, like i like what he said right there and i'll like write something down like some kind of note that keeps me fresh then i just go back and i'll be like uh look at some of my notes every once in a while i'm like oh man like I forgot. Like, I want to start doing that again. Like, yeah. I forgot that I used to do that. Like, I, I thought that was a good idea at some point. Um, so. One of the things that I'll give you, too, the one of the best things that I've learned and I kind of created on my own is a binder. So when I'm reading an article or I read a book, whatever it is, like like you said, I'll, I'll take notes. Mm-hmm. I'll take those and I'll write them down or I'll type them out on a piece of paper and I'll print it. Or I'll find the article online and I'll print it. And I'll take it and I'll put it into a binder. And it's like my little safety binder where every once in a while I'll go through and I'll, I'll read, kind of just remember like, okay, why, you know, not why am I doing this? But kind of refresh myself, like all the things that, like the, the best of the best, not the, not the gold nuggets, but the diamonds. Mm-hmm. I put that into a binder. And then, like I said, I'll pull that binder out and I'll show people, oh yeah. You know, it's kind of like a little collage of some of the things that I've, I've read or got interested in over the past years and it's literally just look it's like 20 30 pages of just like what what makes a good safety professional or you know how to do this or this this and this like you said oh this is great information write it down 
type it up, put in a piece of, uh, uh, print it out and put it in your binder. Perfect example. Um, one of the, my favorite things too is all, sometimes I'll rip out ASSP, you know, um, articles, man, that was a really good article. I want to make sure I save that in books. I can't do that. So what I do is I take a piece of like electrical tape and I tape the page, then I'll type it out and I'll, you know, I'll put it on a piece of paper, but everybody goes, Oh, why is, where's the tape on your books? Oh, that's got like some awesome, awesome. I fold the corners. I used to, but then I'd lose it. Sometimes you'll so that's why I put it. tape because then you see you look then at I'm this. like flipping through all the pages like, like dang it where was it at that's why I put the electrical tape because usually I tape over the, either the crap or I'll just put it in the margin where you can't you yeah. know it doesn't cover the words so it's perfect great perfect great tips I think everybody should start doing the safety binder things that you know is important to them it could be an employee giving you a, a really good recommendation you know printing it out hey you know I was recognized for for doing this or doing that you know. And I think that's uh, that kind of brings us to our mailbag, correct? Yeah. Let's so uh, mail time. Yeah, no? we're we were talking about putting a little thing like that. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Little introduction. Um. So we did get a. We've had a couple listeners reach out, and one of the ones that we we're going to talk about, um, because we're just going to tease it for probably either next week or the week after, is, um, one of our listeners reached out and he wanted to know. So he's currently in uh college. He's transitioning from uh, a sales career over to a safety uh oh, so environmental he, health and safety career oh so he's gonna be he's gonna be devastating in the career then huh <laughs> hey actually i think in our last episode we just talked, we talked about, about how salesmen how are salesmen, good yeah you can a lot of those trait good traits fall yeah. over but um he yeah. was curious on if we can give some advice on uh how to get your foot in the door in safety so not just like what kind of education or experience but literally like how literally, do you actually do we get, get a safety job so i think next week we're going to talk about how to get your foot in the door some of the things we've seen uh, maybe some of the things we've done and so little tease for next week's episode so we'll cover that for him yeah that's awesome i like that yeah keep reaching out to us guys you know we have the culture of safety at gmail.com we have a facebook page we have we have so many we have reddit um we talked about this last week we had a tinder and we have a yelp um <laughs> we don't have that we, what's the new one there's a new one now there's a there's an, another one now i forgot what it is oh we have a tiktok we have a tiktok now we should definitely start doing TikTok. No, I'm videos. good. I don't. I'm not good at dancing, and you don't have to dance. <laughs> oh. We'll do safety stuff. Okay. No, we shouldn't. That'd be terrible. All right. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, that's pretty much it for me. Well, you guys have yourselves a good week and and stay safe out there. Thank you, everybody. Bye. All right. Bye.